Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. I want to talk about playtime a minute, but before I talk about playtime, Ninette found a word that I thought was an interesting word that you might see. She read an article about some kid that had a disease called Ankyology, Ankyoglosia, excuse me, A-N-K-Y-L-O-G-L-O-S-S-I-A, Ankyoglosia, I guess it's pronounced. And that's a fancy way of saying tongue tie. It's a little more to it than tongue tie, but it means you have a problem with your tongue and you can't eat and you can't talk. And if it's not corrected, you're going to have some serious problems. So I thought that was an interesting Greek word. Um, the glossa part is the tongue part. Uh, and I suppose the ankylo part is the uh, stop, you know, holding it back, whatever that, that is. Um, but for in playtime, she had quite a few interesting things in there. She had the word asiology, which I did not know. I would have missed that. But it comes from Greek, and it means the science of healing. So I, I have a feeling that question will be back another week. And if you listen to Playtime and you, uh, you know, like to remember old questions, that's one, A-C-E-O-L-O-G-Y. Uh, then she also asks, asked a question, who was the apprentice of Plato? Aristotle. Yes, it was Aristotle. <laughs> That's exactly right. Now, but what she might ask next week is who was the pupil of Plate? Uh, who was the pupil of Aristotle? Alexander the Great. You're a very smart girl, uh, Musi. No, I'm, read, I'm oh, reading. reading my notes. <laughs> I was going to say you had me impressed. Yeah, it's in the notes. But I, I did know that. I did know that. Alexander the Great was Aristotle's pupil, and Aristotle was Plato's pupil. So that's kind of a uh, kind of a interesting little thing. Uh, and by the way, did, did any of you ever read any Aristotle in English? No, actually, in a philosophy class, no. I did. Yeah, humanities okay. and philosophy, and, and I read Plato. Like did you like it much? Um, at that time, my mind was on other things, but I found it interesting. <laughs> well, the, the thing that's interesting, Plato, if you read Plato, he's rather interesting to read yes, because he, he, read, he writes dialogues and he has characters and uh, you can sort of, you know, it's something you could in, be interested in reading. Aristotle, to me, is very difficult to read. It was he's, dry. Yeah, very dry. And one reason they think that he may be so difficult to read is that it might be that he, what he has here, what we have of his work really are lecture notes, that he was taking notes to lecture to his students. And that's what we have. Hmm. And that's why it's kind of, you know, dry, difficult to read. He makes some very good and shrewd and interesting statements. And his, I love his work on poetics because some of it's interesting to read, but not easy to read, not easy to, not, a, not, and I don't know an awful lot about Aristotle either. Either mm. I never liked that kind of thing too much. Mm. Um, what is the study of the origin of ideas called? It's called ideogeny, ideogeny. Okay. In case they ask that question again on playtime, there it is. By the way, the word idea comes from a Greek word that has to, that relates to seeing so I think the idea is you see something in your mind and you then have an idea or whatever. Yeah. 
who is the leader of the Greek gods? Believe it or not, somebody Zeus. missed that. Zeus. Um, uh, they weren't in lively Latin or they would have gotten it. Anyway, uh, and what is the belief that says that life could have arisen from inanimate matter? And the reason I gave you that is it's a good example of the prefix ah that we talked about in Greek because it's abiogenesis. And if you look at the bio part means life, the right. genesis part means birth, and the right. ah means no. So it's like no, no life birth. Can you all still hear me? Gary, yes, yes, very well. Okay. Yes, oh. Gary, I hate to interrupt, but I just wanted to let you know we're having a thunderstorm here. So I made you co-host just in case I get bumped off. Oh. Hopefully I won't, Thank but Thank you. No, you're welcome. Not. <laughs> that <would> be, <laughs> hopefully that won't happen but we've had the weather has been weird here we had terrible winds last night and oh, no. you haven't had that severe we? weather allison that they've been talking about if you have uh, any problems we've we've just had some pretty active thunderstorms today mm -hmm. uh off and on so but i was hoping the worst was over but i don't know <laughs> That's what anyway me. i heard you say co-host and i thought uh -oh, I oh, cut out or something. i'm so sorry no and i wanted to say something to you but i tried not to interrupt oh interrupt me don't you're it. a host you can okay. interrupt me all you want to okay well thank you <laughs> you're the boss anyway uh, oh, no. um uh now she asked another question on play time that i would have missed and i'm not sure i'm not still right but I know she has the answer. So, um, you know, maybe she's right. There was a sentence like the house is near the station. What is the word near in that sentence? And I would have, I would have said, what would you guys say? Preposition. That's what I would have said. Yes. And yes. that's what Ninette would have said. And, and, uh, but the answer that Cindy had was an adjective. Yeah, I, I have no idea. Like, and near can be an adjective. We've seen sentences in Latin like the house was near the trees. The house was near the trees. We've seen sentences like that. And in that sentence, house near, it can be, near can be a preposition. In that sentence that she gave, though, if I remember it right, I would have said preposition. I would so too. Now, when I say like the near, when you say the near field, the one that's closest, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, that would be an adjective. Yeah, it would. But it I, would. I would disagree with that. I would think it was a preposition. Yeah, I, a I mean, it's. I'm sure she has to use the answers that the that the that the system, yeah. whatever it is, gives. And so, you know, that. What was that basic sentence we had? Uh fairly recently something being near to something we had a couple sentences like that where near takes the dative near to and it does act as an adjective so that is a possible construction in latin at least and i gather in english but i would have missed it i would See, have missed i it. would think if anything else would be an adverb you know uh, you well know, if you just say near, if you say it is near, near to then it's an adverb but as soon as you say near something it has an object to that prep that thing, whatever, whether it's a preposition or yeah, can I disturb you for a minute? Enzo's barking. Can you go get him? And well, I have a question. Can I have? I think I must have forgotten to copy. Well, no, wait, I, I might be okay. I'm not sure if I have this, but okay. You have it from yesterday, I think. Well, if you don't let I me don't, know. And yeah, I'm afraid I didn't put it on this card. I mean, I'm afraid I didn't take it off. Well, you the won't card. need it because we're not going to do the reading. We're just going to do the, uh, I mean, from the notes. We're like not going to do the reading today. We'll do it for next week. Anyway. Actually, I found it. Sorry. Okay. 
Can you get ends or you want me to get them? I, I will in a minute here. Okay. Um, Enzo likes to go out and then he likes to come in. He's very good at letting us know when he wants to come in. So uh, anyway, what, anyway. What's his name here? What's his, what's his, dog's his, name? his name is Enzo. And that's an interesting thing too, um, since we're talking <laughs> about words. Enzo is an Italian name, right. meaning winner, like not a loser, but a winner. Oh. And, but it's really a short form for either Lorenzo, which um, would mean winner, like person getting a laurel, I guess, or um, Vincenzo, which means conqueror. Oh, Vincenzo. Okay. So that Enzo ending is like a gerund ending in Latin. Mm. Um, and so uh, I think that's, uh, that's what that Enzo ending is. So it's like, it's like putting ing on it and saying it means winner. Um, but anyway, it's a cute name, Lorenzo. I mean, uh, Enzo. So uh, that's what they named him anyway. Hmm. And he's a good dog. He's a guide dog. So he's, he's a very good dog. Um, anyway, uh, I, I thought when we were talking about Greek, we would also talk about, and we've talked about these a little bit, but I thought we'd talk about them again. Words that end in a logy in English, L-O-G-Y or O-L-O-G-Y which means mm -hmm. the study of. And I listed as many of these as I could think of. And then I thought of one after I got done that I should have listed. But like anthropology, the study of humanity, the study of man. 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 Anthropos in Greek means human being, man, mm -hmm. right? Uh, biology, you all had in high school, probably the study of life. Life. Bios, Bios in Greek means life. Criminology the study of deviant behavior or the study yeah. of crime. Yes. Did someone say something? Mm -mm. No. Okay. The study I thought of, I heard something too, but I don't know what yeah, it was. The study of crime or deviant behavior. Mm -hmm. uh, cryptology. Now, crypt in Greek, when you see C-R-Y in Greek, that's going to be C-R-U or K, uh, a K, a Kappa Rho Upsilon. And that's going to mean hidden. So cryptology really means the study of hidden things. And of course, it has to do with secure communications, which has to do with codes and ciphers and things like that. So it's the study of, of codes and uh, passwords and all that sort of thing. That's, that's, kind of, that's kind of like the word crypt in English. So does that mean that the, the crypt for dead people is hidden? It means it's buried. It means buried. It's buried. Oh, so, it, so it is buried under the ground. So it is hidden in a way. Yeah. 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 Uh, dendrology, the study of trees. Uh, dendron in Greek means trees. Uh, oh. Epistemology. There's a term that you might never have seen. I don't think I saw it till I was a junior in college. It means the branch of philosophy concerned with knowledge. And it especially looks at what is knowledge? What is knowledge? Where do we get knowledge? Because the Greek word epistemi, it's a verb in Greek. Epistemi means to know. To know. So uh, geology, the study of the earth, especially of like the earth's surface and that kind of stuff. I didn't give you geometry because it's not a low G word, but geometry, of course, is also related to the G part, the measure of the earth. Geometry mm. is the measurement. Oh, That's what wow. geometry really uh, is. Okay. Mm -hmm. Philology. There's a good one for you. Philology is the study of Word. oral and written 
communication. So like, especially they talk about it when you study things like Latin and Greek and uh, any kind of old writing system, Hebrew or any, any kind of languages, they call that philology. Lo really, it means a lover of words. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, so it's not related to filial things? Yes, well, it, it kind of is. Filial, because all that is related to love. Right, um, yeah. And, and so, uh, like, philosophy really means a lover of wisdom. Lover of wisdom. And so, philology is a lover of words. Mm -hmm. uh, oh. Now, psychology, mean, is an, psychology is an interesting one. Psychology, the word... Psycho in Greek, P-S-Y-C-H-O, or actually uh, Pi, Sigma, Upsilon, Chi, Omicron, means the soul. So mm -hmm. really psychology, I guess, kind of is like studying the innermost being of a person, like their mind, of course, it means the mind, mental, your mental state and all that, all that kind of thing. Um, theology is the systematic study of the divine. And that's from theos, meaning God. So mm -hmm. in a way, it's really the study of God mm -hmm. is what it really is. Uh, like when, when you go to a seminary, uh, you're studying theology, that kind of thing. And then, of course, you have zoology, the branch of biology, which studies zoe means living things, life, which studies animals, as opposed to botany, which studies plants. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of interesting. Uh, now, the one I forgot to give you that I just thought of today is herpetology. I think that's spelled H-E-R-P-T-O-L-O-G-Y. Anybody know what a herpetologist studies? He studies snakes or something. You're right. You're exactly right. Snakes. Herpo means, it means creeping, things that creep, things that crawl. And so that's where... Oh, and you know, I didn't put, I meant to put, and I didn't put sociology. Mm. What is sociology study? The study of society. Yep. The study of society. Right. Uh -huh. And I see, any of you think of any that I didn't put? Um, I can't think of any other, but there may be, very well may be another one. Well, there's, well always there's always numerology. Numerology. Okay, <laughs> what would that be? What would that be? Numerology, yeah. Oh, and number. I just thought of another one. Yeah, I just thought of another one, too. Numerology, the study of numbers. Not meaning yeah. like arithmetic, but meaning you try to figure out how numbers can affect what happens in the future and, and like what numbers, you know, how numbers explain things and that kind of thing. By the way, another one is astrology. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Now, what is, a, what is the difference between astrology and astronomy? Astrology is sort of the study of the stars in that, um, like the um, zodiac and the, the occult, where astronomy yeah. is more like the scientific. Scientific. Sort of, right. Yeah. And if you remember, and I don't expect you will, know me. You remember what nomi means? Whatever, whenever you have the word nomi in Greek, do you remember what that means? It comes from nomos in Greek, meaning a law. So astronomy, meaning we're going to study the laws about the stars, whereas astrology, we're just going to look at the stars. So um, the other word we had with the nomi is anomi, anomi meaning lawlessness. Uh, 
Okay, very good. Any well, if you think of any others, what about paleontology? Oh, darn, that's a good one, Beth. Yes, <laughs> what is that? Man, I forgot study that. Of the study of yeah. old things, paleos, yeah. meaning old. So, and it studies things like dinosaurs and fossils mm -hmm. and things like that. That's a darn good one. Yeah, very good. What else? Anybody else think of any? That was a good one. I should have remembered. I should have remembered. I well, knew I'd forget some good ones. There is um, chronology. How do you spell it? C-H-R-O-N. Oh, chronology. Okay, good. Yes. And that and that's a funny one. That it, it looks like it would mean the study of time. Uh -huh. But it really means, well, I guess it kind of is. It's when you take events and put them together and figure out exactly when one took place and related to the other. But it, it looks like it means the study of time. But chrono, anything you see with chrono means time, like synchronize. We're going to put our watches together. We're going to put our times together. The sin means with. Um, uh, I'm trying to think there's another word that... With a chronometer, a chronometer is a thing on a ship that would measure the weeks, the months, the days, the years, the time. It didn't just tell you the time, but it also measured, you know, the, the month, the week, the day, that kind of thing. Uh, and I think there's others. Uh, and a chronos in chronicle. Group, what is it? Chronicle. chronicle. A chronicle is, yeah, like listing times uh, when something's going to happen or when something happens. things in order. In right. Order the Bible uh, chapters, Chronicles, First Kings, Second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chronicles, because he's talking about a chronicles like a list of things that happened in a particular time. Yeah, so, yeah, that's right. Good one. Anything else you think of? This old geology isn't that the study of the earth? Geology, geology. Yes, it is geology. It is the study of the earth. Yes. Necrology. Necrology. Oh, that's a good one, too. Necrology. Anyone know what Necrology, it is? The study of, study of the dead. Yes. Necros means dead. Necros means dead. Okay, you guys are seeing firsthand here just how helpful Greek is. Now, we're not doing, this is not called lively Greek. It's called lively uh -huh. Latin, but you can see right. how helpful, <laughs> if you knew Greek and if you knew Latin, I would uh -huh. say, and I don't mean to knock Spanish because I like Spanish fine. If you knew Greek and if you knew Latin and if you knew French, you've got an awful lot of help with an awful lot of English words mm -hmm. because a lot of English comes from those three languages. I would yeah, say. pathology on there. No, that's a good that's one though. Good. I know we got to. I got to redo these notes because there's a lot of good words here. What is pathology? Study of disease. Yes, and Pathogen. it means the pathos part means suffering, like. Um, oh, you know, so the, the study of how to help, I guess, people with their with suffering and how to cure things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very good one. Good. Ones. Yeah, you guys are coming up with some darn good things here. They, this is, they call a bartender They call a what now? Bartender. You know the guy who oh, yeah. the oh, They call him yeah. a pathologist. No, a mixologist. Mixologist. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. Studies how to mix a drink. Uh, how to, how to... <laughs> they could call him a pathologist too, because I have a feeling he, he hears a lot about suffering. He he creates creates disease. Disease. 
Well, he does, and he also hears a lot about it too. So, yeah, um, yeah. So there okay. is yeah. too, isn't there? Well, anyway, you you can. What see. was that, Beth? Doxology, like. Okay, doxology. That's another good. One. What is the yeah. doxology? It's toxins, isn't it? Yes. Well, it's the part that you when you praise God, any kind of praising you're giving to God, that's called a doxology because doxa, doxa means like glory and eulogy. Yeah, so it's like a word of glory. In that case, the the logi means more word of. So it's like the word of glory. Um, so when you sing the doxology, you're you're glorifying God. And by the way. Uh, if you are, if you are a Christian and you're interested in studying the Bible, Greek, of course, the Bible, the New Testament was written in Greek. And if you read it in Greek, you can get some things from it that you don't always see reading it in English. Uh, I don't read as much of it in Greek as I should because the, my vocab is terrible, but, um, it is very helpful to read it in Greek. You can get some some ideas from it, some things that you might not, especially things like tenses, like when it gives you a command, is that command a one-time command or is it a command you're supposed to do over and over again? That comes out in Greek, doesn't always come out in English. Hmm. Uh, you know, like love one another. That means keep on doing it. Don't just do it one time. Hmm. Uh, so anyway. Yeah, like there was an interesting discussion that we got into a few weeks ago about had to deal with the four horsemen and supposedly oh, yeah. the, the guy that was riding the pale horse they said no but that that actually means a green horse because koros means in greek was supposed to be uh, the word for green but they translated it to english to mean a pale horse you know you are exactly correct and do you know how we can tell that what's chlorophyll Chlorophyll is the stuff in a plant that is green. So you are exactly correct about that. Yeah, you're you're exactly correct. Yeah, very good, very good. Okay. Uh, any comments on that? Anything else you want to say about these logy words or anything like that? Well, you're getting a slight taste of Greek. Uh, you're getting a little taste of of how helpful. I, it, it breaks my heart, really, that that people who are in education don't realize that they're taking some keys away from children when they don't let them learn Latin and Greek. I mean, they think of it as a waste of time. We have computers now. True. We have a lot of things that seem to be more practical, but they don't realize just how, you know, if you, if you started these languages, maybe even in fifth or sixth grade and really learned them, it would be a tremendous help to kids when they're trying to learn scientific vocabulary, uh, any kind of uh, other subjects, you know. So I had a thing one time know. that was all the subjects that you take in school that are related to Latin. And every subject had terms that, that went right to Latin. So anyway. I'm trying to think. There's a word for studying about the end times. And I'm, I'm just, my brain is mad. Oh, eschatology. 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 That's, that's another. All gone. Yeah. Ninette, you and I should have put our heads together on this. Yeah, eschatology means <laughs> study of yes, the I was last trying to think of it, as I say, at the end of a school day. And yep. Oh, I know. Eschatology, last, study of the last things. 
study of the last things. Yeah, I'll bring these up to date a little bit with some of these ideas you guys had. Well, I knew there. I knew we could come up with more, but I also knew there's really no end to them. Like if you got uh-huh. in, in, if you got in a dictionary and you like, you would have pages. I mean, we couldn't talk about all of them. Well, I tried to look in my dictionary and write O L O G Y or L O G Y and hoping it would list all of them, but it, it didn't. I couldn't get it to list them, and of course, I. How could you ever look them all up? You almost yeah. You'd have a food. tremendous list. I mean, everything. Yeah. Everything has one of those names associated. Yep. You know, Plus, it's like wonderful for you guys to think of them and to bring them up like this. I mean, I'm almost glad I didn't think of them all. Etymology, uh, the origin of words, etymology. 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 Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what etym, I don't know what that means in Greek. But yes, etymology, the origin of words or the study and of entomology. Words. Entomology. The study of insects. Entomology, the study of insects. There we go. Well, no. well, isn't that for study of insects? Entomology? Yeah, entomology is, et, not etymology now, entomo- entomology. Entomology, Ent- yeah. yeah. A, eulogy, a eulogy is saying good, right? Yes, eulogy, oh, eulogy, good. That is a, now in that case, again, it's not study of, but a word about. So it's right. like saying good, oh, a good right. word for someone. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, here, yeah, I just thought of another one. I just thought of another one, urology, the study of, you know, kidneys and urine and that kind of thing. Okay, well, what about about neurology? Neurology, the study of nerves. What were you saying? Nephrology. The study of the kidney, right? Yep, nephrology, the study of the kidneys. Um, There's the word eulogy, but there's also the word elegy. Okay, yes. Elegy. Elegy. Now, that's an interesting one. According to my Latin professor, an elegy is a kind of a sad poem. And the reason is, if you get sad, you go, "Ah," you kind of cry. And elegy kind of imitates that sound. And so it's a sad word. So it's a a sad type of poem, I guess. That's according to my Latin. Getting back to eulogy, you means good. Right, Right. good word, eulogy. What'd you say, Beth? I said, isn't neurology the study of the brain? Yes, well, it's the study of, yes, it's the study of the way the, yeah, the neurons or whatever the, yes, it it, it is. I don't know if it's the study of the brain or the study of the stuff that goes from the brain and to the brain. I'm not sure, but it might be the study of nerves. Uh, Yeah, okay. Very good. You guys. Getting back to eulogy, you mean, isn't that where the EU means good? Well, means well. Well, you know, well. Yes. um, Yes. A good word. So that's that's you. You're saying something good or well about someone. Yeah. So when they die, you give their eulogy. I think that's the one Archie Bunker used to get mixed up and say, I'm going to give the urology on this person. You, you might have had ornithology on there. I can't. No, I did not. But what does that mean? That's a good study word. Of birds. Study of birds. Yeah. Oh, gone. You guys oh, yeah. are, I'm telling you, I'm not sorry I didn't put them because it's good for you to come up with them. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Ornithology. And I'm sure there are more. Piscatology, study of fish. Piscatology. Okay. Very good. Um, oh, yeah. 
What's the study of the bumps on the head? Of the what? The bumps on the head. Oh, phren oh, phrenology. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to spell that. Uh, I don't know. Is it P-H-R-Y-N? P-H-R-E-N-O-L-O-G-Y. -E 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 and I don't know what friend in Greek means. That's the problem I have with some of these. My Greek vocabulary is not as wonderful as it should be. I only had three years of it. So, uh, Did they mention volcanology? Sorry. Which one, Greg? Uh, volcanology. No, is but that's a good one. What does that mean? Study, I think it's a study of earthquake or the earth. It's something to do with... Uh, the earth or, vo or volcanoes, volcanoes, something like that. I'm I, not sure exactly. I, I think it's volcanoes, like the yeah. study of volcanoes. And by the way, why are they called volcanoes? Because fire comes out of them, and Vulcan was the god of, of fire. Right. Oh, um, yeah. The blacksmith. So, and they thought, that, they thought that his shop was underneath of the volcanoes, and that's why fire would come yeah. out of them. Yeah. But there's also seismology. Yep, seismology is the study of what? Earthquakes. Earthquakes. That's like the earth, that, that the word means having to do with movement of the earth. Yes, seismology. You guys are fantastic yeah. on this. You guys are, are really good on this. Yeah, very good. By the way, I think they put some more of our recordings up last week. Mike, Mike Moran told me he was putting some up. So if you want recordings, you can go and look for them, and they should be up there. I've got to go look for it. I try to download them all. Uh, so I'll have them, but uh, I think they're up there anyway. Okay. Well, anyway, any others? Think, think about it. Jot them down and tell them. Tell us next week if you if you come up with any more of these because uh, or cosmetology. Good. Okay, cosmetology. What is that? Beauty. It looks like it would mean the study of the world because cosmos can mean the world, but in this case, it means right. um, like their hair. Your your you know your beauty yeah it's same same root from mm -hmm. which we get cosmetics from so yes right very good okay man you guys are all right with this um, the genitive case this is our last case you now know all the cases and we're going to be reviewing them next week we're going to learn a way that you can keep track of all of them much more easily than what you've been doing up to now. Up to now, you just kind of had to remember them or look back in your lessons. But next week, we'll learn how to list them all in a table and how you can remember them that way. Um, but the genitive case is maybe the easiest case in a way because it's so obvious. It's the same thing as apostrophe S in English. And so the genitive is translated like an apostrophe S or like an of phrase. And I give you the example, liber pueli, the girl's book or the book of the girl. It can mean the same thing. Liber pueli, the, the pueli means girls or of the girl, either way. Um, the genitive endings, the, the confusing thing here is that some of these endings are the same as some other case endings. And we're gonna talk next week a little bit about how to tell one case from another when they're similar like this. And in fact, in the reading that I give you, I give you a lot of genitives, but I sneak in a few datives uh, because AE is also dative singular and it's also nominative plural. So you have to figure out strategies when you're reading how to tell whether a word is genitive singular, nominative plural, or dative singular. 
Okay, the floral's no problem. It's A-R-U-M. There's nothing else that ends like that. And I give you the examples. You can see Pueli of a girl, Puellarum of girls. So it's very easy. Second declension, I is the same as the nominative floral. And O-R-U-M is totally different. So, for example, Pueri of the boy or the boys. And, of course, again, that can mean boys plural. And you just have to figure out in your sentence which it is. And we'll, we'll like I said, we'll talk about strategies to do that next week. Third declension, I-S in the singular, U-M or I-U-M in the plural. And I'll tell you how to tell which uh, sometime. So, uxorus of a wife or a wife's, uxorum of wives or wives. Okay. Fourth declension, long U-S. Now, that's the same as the nominative plural and the accusative plural. So, again, you're going to have to figure strategies out. Uh, and U-U-M is the plural. So, manus of a hand or hands or manuum of hands. And the fifth declension, E-I, and that's the same as the dative singular. Um, and so you have to figure strategies out. So die means of a day or days, diarum of days, plural. Uh, and I give you a reading, and this reading is not much different from another reading you had much earlier. It's about our family, but I put every I put a lot more genitives in because we didn't know the genitive when I wrote this before. So now there's a lot of genitives in this reading. So next week, if you want to read it over, we will go over it. But let me say one thing about the genitive case. This case is really important in one other way, and that is that when you look a word up in a Latin dictionary, if you look a noun up, they're always going to give you the genitive singular of that noun along with the regular nominative form. And the reason is you, that's what they use so you can tell what declension a word belongs to. Now, up to now, I've been giving you the accusative singular. So like when I gave you the word for mouse, I gave you moose murim because we were concentrating on the accusative at that time. But in a real Latin dictionary, if you were to look up the word mouse, you wouldn't see moose murim. You would see moose muris genitive. But that muris would tell you that the base of the noun is M-U-R and that you make the other cases muri, murim, mure, mures, etc. So the genitive would show you the pattern that the noun has. And so basically, if you look a word up in a Latin dictionary, don't worry about what the nominative ends in. What's the genitive end in? If the genitive ends in A-E, it's first declension. If the genitive ends in I, it's second declension. If the genitive ends in I-S, it's third declension. If the genitive ends in long U-S, it's fourth declension. If the genitive ends in E-I, it's fifth declension. And that can be tricky because we know in the nominative, some second declension nouns end in U-S, like Phileas, like uh, Honus, like uh, Lupus, and some fourth declension nouns end in U-S, like Monus. And so you can't tell unless you look at the genitive and see Lupus lupi, that's second declension. Manus manus, that's fourth declension. So the, the genitive is real important in telling what declension, what group um, a word belongs to. Okay, I want to spend the rest of the period. What time is it, by the way? Uh, 
I've got 445. Okay, good. That's good. I want to spend the rest of the time on the Trojan War. Um, we almost had finished this exercise here in the book. We had gotten through the people. Um, we had gotten through all the mortals. Uh, Sinon was the last one that we had gotten through. Uh, but we had not gotten through the gods and goddesses. And so I would like to, um, to go through them and see whether they're Greek or Trojan and what role they played. Okay, and so uh, let's look at it. Hera. By the way, what is Hera's other name? This is to review what we had a long time ago. What is Hera's other name? Hera. Before we oh, do this, you know. Harry, where, where are these? Where can we? These are on your notes that I sent out last night. And oh, they're the, still on these. But they're also on last week's too, uh, Carla, because they're also at the bottom of last week's. They're also at the bottom of last week's notes too. Uh, we had that big exercise where you had all these people listed like uh, Achilles and Aeneas and toward the end of your notes from last week. And they're toward the end of the notes for this week too. But Hera, who is Hera? What's her other name? Isn't it Juno? Juno. Okay. And is she on the Greek side in this war or on the Trojan side? Greek? Yep. She's on the Greek side for several reasons. Uh, one reason is she didn't get picked by the Trojan Paris as the most beautiful woman, uh, as the most beautiful goddess. Remember, she didn't get the golden apple, so she doesn't like Paris. She also doesn't like the Trojans because Jupiter... Um, uh, <laughs> Jupiter only had one gay relationship, but it turned out to be with a Trojan guy. And so therefore she doesn't like that. And I think he also had a, a love affair with a Trojan woman too, somewhere along the line. So uh, she doesn't like the Trojans at all. So she's on the side of the Greeks. All right. Aphrodite. What's her other name? Venus. Yes. Okay, and what side would she be on in the Trojan War? Uh, Trojan. Yes. Why? Do you know? Because Paris picked her. Because Paris picked her. Exactly correct. Also, she had a love affair with a Trojan prince named Anchises, and they had a son who turns out to be a very important Trojan named Aeneas. He is the only Trojan to really escape, well, the only Trojan leader to escape from the Trojan War. And he leads a whole bunch of people to Italy where they are the ancestors of the Romans. So yes, she is on the side of the Trojans. Athena. Athena and Minerva. Minerva is her other name, right. And what side would she be on? Um, Greeks. Yep, because she didn't get picked either to be uh, to get the golden apple. She and Juno didn't get picked, and so she's on the Greek side. Uh, correct. All right, Ares. What's his other name? Mars. Oh, Mars. All right. Uh, he's god of war and all that kind of stuff. What side is he on? He's Greek, isn't he? No, he's Trojan, and here's why. Anything Venus does or Aphrodite does, he does the same thing. In some stories, he's her lover, and other stories not. But uh, he does anything she does. If she jumped out a window, he would probably do. And I guess it's kind of interesting because we have that expression in English, all's fair in love and war. 
Mm-hmm. And in this case, you oh, kind of yeah. see love and war going together because she's goddess of love, he's god of war. So it's kind mm-hmm. of interesting uh, to have. Artemis. Diana. I'm going to skip her for a minute. I'm going to do Apollo first. And I'll tell you why. You'll see why in a minute. Apollo. What's his other name? Um, Mercury. Nope. No. No. Sorry. Apollo. His other name is Apollo. <laughs> That's why you couldn't think of either Apollo or Phoebus Apollo. Sometimes it's called. He's the god of the sun. Now, what side is he on? He's on the side of, anyone know? The Trojans. The Trojans. Uh, He just likes the Trojans. I don't know why. Uh, And the reason I skipped Artemis is she's Apollo's twin sister. So whatever he does, she's going to do. So she's on the Trojan side also. By the way, her name, what's her other name? Diana. Yes, we saw her in our we saw her in our story last week. Remember, we saw her in our story. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. All right, Poseidon, Neptune. Oh, that's Neptune. Neptune. Yeah. What, what side is he on? He's on the Greek side, isn't he? Yes, yes. And the reason is, does anyone know why? Isn't he like Zeus's brother or something like that? Well, he is. Yes, he is. But that's not why. He's he's on the Greek side because at one time he had offered to rebuild the walls of Troy. Uh, the, the king had offered uh, to, to have him rebuild the walls of Troy. And so he did it. But then the, then the king wouldn't pay him for doing it. And so that made him mad. And so mm-hmm. he hates the Trojans after that. He's on the Greek ah. side. All right. Now, let's look at these questions. No women are included in the list of mortal characters. On which side would you put each of these women? And tell me who you think these women are. And if you think these women are not on either side, you can tell me that. But let's go over them first. Who is Andromache? She's... um, Somebody had an affair with her. Um, She's a very sad character in a way. She is Hector's wife. Oh, that's right. That's right. Hector's wife. Okay. so, So what side is she going to be on? Trojans. Yeah, definitely. Trojans. Uh, later on, she gets captured by a Greek and she becomes a Greek slave. And then she's given to a Trojan prince as her, as, uh, as his wife. But she, yeah, she's always on tro- on the Trojan side, always. Uh, Briseis. Remember who Briseis is? Briseis of the fair cheeks, they call her. Priam's wife. No, no. She is Achilles' woman that he captured, and he has. She's his tent mate, shall we say. Okay? And remember that Agamemnon takes her from Achilles at one point because he loses his woman. All right, so what side is Briseis going to be on? Greek. Well, maybe. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you sleep with a guy... You might like him pretty well, right? You might get to like him. 
Then again, you might not. She's really not Greek, right? She's really what? She's really Trojan. He captured her. He captured her from somewhere in the Trojan area, and uh, she was given to him. And the Trojans captured her, the, the the Greeks captured her, and she was given to him as a prize. Whether or not she really was ever in love with him, or whether or not she really, you know, got attached to him, you can't say. I mean, I, I don't know. She seems to be attached to him in the Iliad, but. You know, if you're captured, you might have to sort of do mm. that. So, so it's hard to tell how she really would feel. Mm. Creusa, I doubt you know who she is. You might. We mentioned her briefly one week, mm. but I don't know if you know who she is. Mm-mm. Her name always reminds me of shrimp creole for some reason. <laughs> Her, she is Aeneas's wife. Aeneas, remember, is the Trojan. Oh. So she's going to be a Trojan. And remember, she dies at the end of the war. He's not allowed to take her into exile when he leaves Troy and escapes. He's not allowed to take her. She dies uh, as they leave Troy. Remember, he's holding oh, his son okay. by the hand. He's carrying his father on his shoulders. And mm-hmm. as they leave Troy, he loses her and she, she dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's probably definitely on the Trojan side. Chryseus. Mm-hmm. Chryseus. She is Agamemnon's prize. In other words, she's the girl that when they capture that same area that Briseis was in, she is the one that Agamemnon has. But do you remember what happens to her? She has to be returned. Yes, she has to be returned because her father is a priest of Apollo and her father came to ransom her. Remember, Agamemnon was nasty to him. And so he prayed that the Greeks would have a plague and the Greeks had a plague and they had to give her back. Somehow, Agamemnon says he likes her better than his own wife, which is not too hard to figure since his wife axes him to death when they have when <laughs> it's a bath. I don't think I'd like her either. But uh, what, what, cry, what, uh, what Chryseus really felt, we don't know. Um, we don't. We don't know. Um, um, in later literature, she becomes. In there's a poem, and I can't think who wrote it. Ninette might remember. There's a poem called um, something in Crusada. I can't think of the guy. And Crusada is the the accusative form of her name and she turns out to be a real like manipulative kind of person trying to get the greeks in trouble so she seems to be really almost on the trojan side i would say i can't believe that she would like agamemnon that much because he wasn't that likable character Mm. especially the way he treated her father so anyway that's that's up to you to guess i don't know uh troilus troilus and crusada that's what it's called so um yeah all right, Hecuba. Priam's wife. I know that. Yes, had fifty sons and fifty daughters, and I'm sure she's on the side of the Trojans. Trojans. Sure, she is. Helen. Um, Holy she's Helen of Troy. All right. Yeah. So, what side is she on? Trojan. Well, Trojan. maybe. Yes, Man. you would think you would think you would think Greek, Trojan. Right? Hmm? What's that, Beth? 
It was originally Greek, and then the Trojans kidnapped her. Right. Well, now, okay, some say kidnapped. Some say she was very willing to go off with them. It depends mm -hmm. on the it depends on the time yeah, that you later they said she was kidnapped to make the whole thing seem a little more it wasn't considered very nice for the gods to condone a guy running off with a woman like they did so they sort of smoothed it over to say oh yeah they kidnapped her but probably she went quite willingly uh what time is it i don't want to run too much over time okay it, it sorry my watch just went dark okay it's 457. So Okay, I'm going to get ready to stop. We're going to get ready to stop right here. I want to talk more about Helen when we pick this Trojan War thing up next week. So next week, if you can read your reading that you have here in the notes that I sent out yesterday and uh, look over the rest of this stuff, just look it over, the stuff about the Trojan War, and we'll go over that more next week. And next week, we'll remember to sing our songs, too. We didn't get to sing our, our songs about dogs this week that we had last week. Uh, so that's what we'll do. And next week, I'll teach you a way you can review all these cases. And that's what we'll do. All right. Thank you, Allison. We'll see you all next week.